Love isn't a finite thing. It's actually multiplied. In the presence of love, love begins to multiply. So loving yourself actually multiplies your capacity to love other people. So the more that you want to love other people, the better mother you want to be, the better spouse you want to be, the better friend you want to be, whatever the better is that you want to be, that comes from loving yourself. Hello, this is Jerry Henderson, and welcome to the Permission to Love podcast, where we discuss how we can give ourselves the permission to love ourselves. We're working to build a community where self-love is normalized. Each week, we discuss topics such as self-love, what is it, what is it not. We also look at how we become our own healers through the power of loving ourselves. And finally, we take a practical look at proven ways to identify and remove the barriers that are standing in the way from our own love, such as trauma, shame, addictions, and other painful life experiences. I'm so grateful that you're here, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's episode. Really grateful that you're here. Before we jump into today's topic, got a few things I want to remind you of and then a couple of announcements. So first, if you haven't had a chance to follow the podcast, please do so. It just takes a moment and that's going to keep you updated on when new episodes are coming out. The second is that if you're enjoying the podcast, please take a moment to review it, to rate it. It's going to continue to help this podcast reach new people and new audiences who need to hear about how they can love themselves. So thank you for taking your time to do that. Now, a couple of exciting announcements. Number one is that I created a 15-minute guided meditation that you can find on my website at jerryhenderson.org. It's free. You can download it there. And what it's designed to do using visualization is allowing you to connect with your own sense of love for yourself, as well as beginning to release that sense of judgment and self-criticism that we have that we're trying to heal from. So you can find that once again on my website. Once again, it is free. The second thing I'm excited to announce is that I've actually opened up some extra slots in my coaching program. So if you need help on learning how to fully love and accept yourself, I want to encourage you, you can go to my website, find out more information there, or you can go to the notes in this episode, click the link to the coaching program, and you'll find out more information. It's a three-month program that's really designed to help you figure out the barriers that are keeping you from loving yourself and really begin to move in to giving yourself permission to love yourself. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump into today's episode or today's topic, which is about self-love isn't selfish. Now, we've all heard this phrase, right? Self-love isn't selfish. It's almost become a mantra in the self-love or self-help community to say this. But the reality is many of us still feel guilty around practicing self-love or it still feels selfish to us to do it. So why is that? Why does it feel selfish? Why do we feel guilt around it? Because we usually feel guilt or we usually feel selfish about something when we've defined it as wrong. When we've said, hey, this is wrong to do. And so when I do it, I feel guilty or I feel selfish in doing it. So what trained us that way? What trained us to believe that self-love is selfish or that loving ourselves is something that's selfish? So let me go ahead and cover just a few of the things that I think have trained us that way. One, others, right? They've treated us as if we're not worthy to love ourselves, or they've shamed us when we do love ourselves. Like, who are you to think that you can love yourself? Well, when somebody shames you for loving yourself, they're basically saying that you're not worthy of it. And in my opinion, 
They can go kick rocks. Uh, But really, I think what's happening with them is that they're dealing with their own jealousy that you're displaying that behavior towards yourself. And they're dealing with their own sense of shame and their own sense of unlovability. So if they can't love themselves, why in the world should anybody else be able to? The second thing, trauma. We know that trauma has broken that relationship with ourselves And it has trained us to believe that loving ourselves is wrong, that we should put other people first, that we're not worthy of it. And so working with a mental health professional in this space to get to the core root of that and begin to heal that part of ourselves will allow us to begin to practice self-loving behaviors without as much guilt and without feeling like it's selfish to do so. The third thing that keeps us in a space of feeling guilt or a feeling like we shouldn't be loving ourselves, religion right? Especially in the Christian space. I mean, I get a lot of pushback from practicing Christians when I talk about self-love. For many of you, you know, I used to be a pastor, served 13 years as a pastor, and I got to say, I'm guilty of the fact that I can't remember ever sharing a sermon on self-love because I was trained that loving yourself was something that was prideful. It was something that was arrogant. And you needed to stay humble. And if you practice self-love, you are in the danger zone because God hates pride. So I'm well acquainted with the certain Christian circles that think that self-love is selfish, why you shouldn't love yourself, and the associated shame that often comes with certain belief systems within Christianity. And I intend to do a full episode on my journey around this space. But for today, I just want to address specific pushback that I get around self-love and in the religious space around it. Well, if you're a Christian and you're pushing back that self-love is selfish, it's arrogant, and it's prideful, then you're going to have a problem with Jesus' teaching in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 39. Jesus is very clear. He said, hey, Two greatest commandments. He's asked the question, what are the greatest commandments? He says, here's what it is. Number one, you should love God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. And number two, you should love your neighbor as yourself. So there's three types of love addressed here. Love for God, love for neighbor, and love for self. Now, it's talked a lot about in the Christian space of loving God. It's talked a lot about loving others. But man, like I said, I don't remember talking about it, and I don't remember hearing any sermons on it, but it's right there. Love God, love others, and love yourself. And as a matter of fact, you're only going to love others to the degree that you love yourself. So we've got to take that off the table, in my opinion. The idea that Christianity says that self-love is selfish, or let me correct that, the idea that Jesus said that self-love was selfish, we got to take that off the table. We've got to be able to move on from that and begin to learn and embrace the fact that if you believe that God created you, he certainly didn't create you as something that's unlovable and unworthy of love, because what kind of God would that even be? It certainly wouldn't be a God that any of us would have any fun hanging out with. So let's move on. Number four, we've made mistakes, right? And we feel like we don't deserve self-love or we don't deserve the ability to do it guilt-free because of X, Y, or Z reason in our past. Our past is sticking to us and we can't seem to let go of it. And because we can't let go of it, we don't believe that we can love ourselves freely and without guilt and without the sense of it being selfish. So 
If you need help in that space, I did a past episode on learning how to forgive yourself. You can go back, listen to that, and I think it can really help you in your journey of practicing self-forgiveness. So now let's go ahead and move on to the reasons why it isn't selfish. Let's talk about some really practical reasons. Number one, it's inherent to love yourself. I mean, that was a newsflash to me, and it might be a newsflash to you, that you weren't born hating yourself. You weren't born with a sense of loathing yourself. We just talked about it. We got trained that way. So let's ask ourselves a few questions that might help untrain us. Number one, is it selfish to eat healthy? Would that be something that you would see as being selfish or to feel guilty for? Number two, is it selfish to get proper sleep? Uh, Number three, is it selfish to learn and develop yourself? Number four, is it selfish to exercise? Number five, is it selfish to talk kindly towards yourself? I mean, all of those are loving behaviors toward yourself. And we typically don't say that those things are the problem. It's the overall idea of loving ourselves that we have a problem with. The behaviors, none of us would object to those being good things for ourselves that we wouldn't feel guilty about doing some of those things. And that's just a really small list. So once again, it's this concept of loving ourselves that we have a problem with. But the reality is self-love is those behaviors. So if we can connect with the behaviors and disconnect with the concept, we'll go a long way in starting to free ourselves from feeling guilty. And yes, I do acknowledge that sometimes you might feel guilty about taking the time to exercise or taking the time to learn and develop because you feel like you're taking yourself away from somebody else who needs you. But the act itself isn't selfish. Your attachment to it feeling selfish is around placing yourself as a priority. It's about you not feeling that you're worthy of that love, which we'll get into in just a little bit. So once again, It is inherent to us to love ourselves and the behaviors that we do to show ourselves that love or to practice that love. We normally don't feel that that behavior itself is something to feel guilty about. It's the concept that we don't deserve to be able to do that. Once again, it's the guilt that we feel about, am I worthy of that choice or of that decision? So another reason that self-love isn't selfish Man, we're a happier and better version of ourselves when we love ourselves. I like being around myself a lot better today than I did years ago before I started this work. And I got to tell you, other people like being around me a lot more than they used to. I will have people consistently who I haven't seen in years when I'm around them say, you know, there's just something different about you. It's like your energy's different. I don't know how to put my finger on it, but there's just something different about you. And the difference is I'm learning to love myself and to be relaxed and at ease in my own presence. And people can feel that energy. So when we're loving towards ourselves, we're happier and we start bringing out the best version of ourselves. Think about it. How much better do we operate when we love ourselves? And how much damage do we cause when we don't love ourselves? Damage to ourselves, damage to our relationships and other people in our life. We're just a lot better to be around when we love ourselves. I'm not talking about the false ego type of love where it seems like a person loves themselves, but really they don't. They're dealing with some deep shame and they're compensating by making everything about themselves and trying to be the center of attention about everything. That's not the kind of self-love I'm talking about because that type of person, you don't want to be around anyway. And that's, like I said, not really self-love. It's more ego-based and it's a way to compensate for the feelings of shame. But when we're happier, we make the people around us 
happier. When you're around somebody who's happy, they rub off on you. And you start to feel happier by being in their presence. So how can it be selfish to have more joy, to be more at peace, to feel more love, and then to be spreading that energy around us and the people that we come in contact with? So do yourself and others a favor and love yourself. You're giving the world a gift by loving yourself. I promise you, loving yourself, you're giving the world a gift by doing so. So don't feel guilty about it at all. So let's move to number three. When you love yourself, you're full. Your love bucket is full and you have more love to give to other people. It's like we talked about where Jesus taught that you should love others as you love yourself. Listen, we're not draining some finite source. So if there's a fear that if I love myself, I won't have any love to give others. I mean, I need to love others and loving myself is taking away from giving that to other people. Love isn't a finite thing. It's actually multiplied. In the presence of love, love begins to multiply. So loving yourself actually multiplies your capacity to love other people. So the more that you want to love other people, the better mother you want to be, the better spouse you want to be, the better friend you want to be, whatever the better is that you want to be, that comes from loving yourself because your bucket has gotten so full with love that it begins to pour out onto other people and it begins to multiply. You are multiplying your love instead of starving your love. And people who are starved of their own love, guess what they do? They try to pull love from other people. So now, all of a sudden, you're walking around pulling love from people when you don't love yourself because your bucket is empty, and you're trying to get that bucket to be filled by taking other people's love. And yes, we need one another. We need people. We need the love of other people. But it's supposed to be this reciprocal relationship of giving love, receiving love. But if I don't have any love in my bucket to give, all I'm going to be doing is taking. And then taking that love, guess what? I've got holes in my love bucket. When I don't love myself and I take love from other people, it goes into a bucket that has holes in it. And no matter how much love I get from other people, I still don't feel loved. What self-love does, one, it patches the holes in the bucket. It begins to teach us that we're worthy of love and that we can hold love and that we deserve love. Because the mind that doesn't believe it deserves love has holes in its bucket, and it just begins to leak out no matter how much is put into it. But the mind and the heart that believes that they're worthy of love begins to patch the holes and then begins to fill the bucket with their own love, their own sense of worthiness, their own sense of value. And then they have something from that bucket to begin to give to other people. So how in the world is that selfish? How is it selfish to be so full of love that you have enough love and more to give to other people? So moving to the fourth and the final reason why it's not selfish, you're worthy of it. How can it be selfish to simply give yourself what you're worthy of? This is the key point, right? This is the key part of this that we've been talking about all throughout this episode, this underlying sense of not being worthy. And so we have to come to the point where we believe 
that we're worthy of it. And as long as I feel like I'm unworthy of it, it will continue to feel selfish. We will continue to feel guilt around it. So how do we begin to address this? You know, as I said before, there's so much that wants to tell you that you're not worthy of it. There's so much in this life that's trying to send you the signal that you are not worthy of love. We talked about it, right? Religion, culture, people, your past, trauma. We can go on and on. But here's the absolutely most fantastic news ever. You only need one thing to believe that you're worthy of love, and that's you. Yes, you. You can get to the place where you absolutely believe that you're worthy of love. Once again, I'm not saying that we don't need other people, because some of my greatest breakthroughs in believing that I was worthy of love was other people believing in me and believing that I was worthy of love. But also my greatest hindrance to that really becoming a truth to me was my belief that I wasn't worthy of love. So it's this pull, it's this tension, right? Where other people can help contribute to it, but we ultimately have to own it. We ultimately have to own that we're worthy of love because we can get a thousand people to tell us that we're worthy of love, that we're amazing. But if we don't believe that we are worthy of love, we're never going to let that settle into our system. Now, the opposite is also true, that if everybody in this world tells me that I'm unworthy of love, that I'm not lovable, but I have a deep core sense that I am, that I am lovable, I am worthy of my own love, then guess what? Nothing's going to be able to change that no matter how much other people tell me that I'm not worthy of it. We can get to that place. It is possible. I know the moment that absolutely changed my life is when I said the words, I am worthy of my own love. That completely shifted my entire perspective for me. It was this God moment, whatever you want to call it. But for me, it was a God moment where, wow, my eyes were open to the fact that I was worthy of and deserved my own love. You know, the greatest gift I've ever given myself is the work that I've done to reach the place where I genuinely love myself and love being in my own presence. I wouldn't trade that for anything. It is the greatest gift that I have at this point in my life because that gift determines all the other relationships in my life, how they function. It determines how things show up in my life is the ability to love myself and to love being in my own presence. So let's go through some things that we can do to start unblocking that feeling of selfishness and guilt around self-love. The first thing that really helped me in my journey was around doing self-inquiry work, which is the ability to sit with yourself, to ask yourself questions, to see what arises, to journal, and to begin to process what is intuitively coming up inside of you and beginning to retrain yourself as a result of what's being revealed to you by yourself. So there's some questions that we can ask ourselves in the self-inquiry work. Number one, what is the feeling of guilt or selfishness for loving myself doing for me? It's serving me in some way. How is it keeping me safe? You might be saying, what? How in the world could guilt or feeling selfish keep me safe? Well, just sit with the question. See what arises. How does that feeling of guilt or selfishness make you feel safe? 
Or how is it preventing you from doing things that feel dangerous? It's a second question you can ask yourself. Does it feel dangerous to love myself? If so, why? Where did it come from? You can also ask the question, what is the guilt reinforcing? What belief system is it reinforcing? So asking those questions and sitting with it and seeing what arises and then journaling it and then going through the process of what I call pulling the thread, which is asking another question about what just came up. So here's an example. I might ask the question, why do I feel guilty about loving myself? The answer might arise, well, because you did certain things that make you unworthy of love. Then I would ask the next question, does that behavior actually make me unworthy of love? Why do I feel like that behavior is something that makes me unworthy of my own love? And then whatever answer comes up from that, I can then begin to address that answer, and so on and so on, until I get to something that hits a core belief, right? Because it's going to take me to a place where all of a sudden I feel something inside, at least this is my experience, that I feel something inside that hits on a, oh wow, an oh crap, an aha moment, where that's what I actually believe about myself. And then I can begin to address and heal that core belief about myself and challenge that, which then will address the issue of why I feel guilty. I hope that makes sense. And if you have any additional questions around that, you can send me an email. You can go to my website, jerryhenderson.org, and you can send me an email from there, or you can just reach out to me on Instagram at jerryahenderson and send me a DM there for anything in these podcast episodes that you have questions around or need more information about. So let's go ahead and continue to move on. So after doing some self-inquiry work, we can also do some cost analysis or consequence analysis around not loving ourselves. What is the pain that it's causing? How is it holding me back? How is it negatively affecting my relationships? How is it harming my self-esteem? Am I doing any self-harm as a result of it or causing harm to other people as a result of it? What this is beginning to do is put more pain around not loving ourselves than the pain or the guilt around loving ourselves. As we talked about before, when I love myself, I show up as a better version of myself. And when I don't love myself, I'm more likely to cause harm to myself and to other people. So this becomes that cost analysis because we're trying to associate more pain with not practicing self-love and less pain with the practice of self-love. And what might happen as a result of this exercise is you start to associate the feeling of guilt with not practicing self-love because you know there's consequences that are very negative towards that. And you really start to alleviate the guilt or the sense of selfishness around loving yourself because you know that the result of that is a better you and a better world for those who are part of your world. So the final point on how do we begin to unblock the feeling of selfishness and guilt around self-love is by doing what for me has been one of the biggest life hacks around practicing self-love without it feeling like it's selfish, which is practicing self-love without the associated feeling of guilt. Now, your first response to hearing that might be, well, yeah, exactly. That's what we're trying to do. But how do I do that? Well, we do it in the same way that we've been doing it in a way that causes us to feel guilt. 
Think about it. When you do a behavior that's loving towards yourself, and then you feel guilty about it, and you start to think about the reasons why you should feel guilty about it, it's reinforcing to yourself that it's selfish to do it. You're training your brain to feel guilt and to feel selfish by doing a loving act and allowing yourself to feel the guilt that goes with it. I talk about this a lot, right? The thought with the emotion is what really wires things into our nervous system. So what we're going to do here is we're going to unlearn some behaviors. Rumi talks about this, right? He says the highest form of learning is to unlearn. So we're first going to unlearn this feeling of guilt associated with loving behaviors by beginning to feel a sense of joy when we do those loving behaviors, a sense of worthiness when we do those loving behaviors towards ourselves. So I'm just going to quickly give you the things that I practiced that really helped me be able to do behaviors of love towards myself without guilt. Number one, I visualized seeing myself doing it without guilt. I saw myself doing it with joy. I literally visualized myself doing something loving and kind towards myself with a smile on my face, with the associated joy. I would picture myself traveling, doing things, making decisions for myself, and see myself doing it with joy and actually feel the associated joy of doing that activity for myself. Now, the second thing that I would do is I wouldn't hold myself back from doing something because I thought I would feel guilt about it. So what this was training my brain to do was to say, hey, you might feel guilt around this, but the act of loving yourself is more important than the guilt that you might feel about it. So I wouldn't prevent myself. And I was teaching my brain that, you know what, even if you kick up a feeling of guilt because you've been trained to do so, I'm still going to do it because I've placed the priority on doing something loving for myself. And if I feel the guilt about it, that's not going to hold me back. I'm still going to go ahead and do it. And then what I noticed is that the guilt started to dissipate because it wasn't holding me back anymore. It wasn't serving me by preventing me from doing something. I was doing it anyway, and therefore the guilt wasn't serving that same purpose, and it started to lessen. Now, the third and final thing I'll talk about in this area is that when I would feel the guilt while either doing it or afterwards, I would disrupt the thought. I would just stop it and then begin to replace that thought with, I am worthy of this. I deserve this. See, we're training our brain, and in training our brain, we're disrupting a thought, creating space, and replacing it with a new thought with emotion attached to it. And then if there was times where I just couldn't shake that feeling, I would actually sit down and write out why I was feeling the guilt and then I would move on and write why I shouldn't be feeling the guilt around that decision or around that behavior. And what that was doing for me was once again revealing some core beliefs that I had about myself, about my worthiness, and about my ability to choose myself and to love myself without a sense of selfishness and without a sense of feeling guilt around it. So I hope that helps and I hope that gives you some practices to try this week if you're starting to feel guilt or starting to feel selfish around self-love. Give those practices a try. Give that self-inquiry a try uh, and go through this process. I mean, it is a process. As with everything, it doesn't happen overnight. I lived with it for 40 years of feeling guilt and bad about doing things for myself and loving myself. So the switch wasn't going to get flipped overnight. So be gentle with yourself and be patient with yourself. 
And as always, I'd love to hear your thoughts around practices that I share. Are they working for you? Are they serving you? Shoot me an email at jerry at jerryhenderson.org. You can also find that email on my website. Would really like to know how this is serving you and how your journey is going as a result of doing some of these practices. And once again, a reminder that if you do need help in your journey about learning how to love yourself and giving yourself permission to love yourself, I do have resources on my website. There's the guided meditation that allows you to connect with your own sense of love and begin to release that sense of self-judgment and self-criticism. And then also the coaching program that I have that you can find out more information on my website. So thank you again for your time today. And always remember, you are worthy of your own love. I hope today's episode was valuable to you, that you gained some insights that are useful for you on your journey. If you did, I just want to ask that you would rate it, review it, and most importantly, that you would share it with somebody else because you never know the impact that it can have in their life. And finally, don't forget to subscribe because that'll let you know when new episodes are coming out. I want to encourage you as well that if you do need more resources, you can find me on jerryhenderson.org. That's my website. You can also find me on Instagram at Jerry A. Henderson. Feel free to reach out to me there. Send me a message. I'd love to hear from you. I'm really grateful that you're here. And please don't forget, you are worthy of your own love.